Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday. It's presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app. By the way, anybody signs up for the DraftKings app, this week throws the code Ross in. I'm giving you a signed picture, signed card, whatever you want. No enter. No, you might be the winner. You're, you're, you're winning. It's all you have to do this week. Get the DraftKings app on your phone. Make sure you put the code in Ross. Screenshot it. Email me, Ross at RossTucker.com. You automatically get either a signed 4 by 6 Buffalo Bills. I'll send it to you in a nice packaged mailer or a card, Redskins, Cowboys, Bills, you tell me. I like winners. We're going to have lots of them this week, I hope. Spread the word winner will be Friday. As always, I'm seeing more engagement across all platforms. Really means a lot to me. You you guys are stepping it up, and it's awesome. I thank every one of you that's either retweeting or liking me, at Ross Tucker NFL, or at Ross Tucker Pod, when we post stuff about the show. Sponsor confirmation email winner. You'll all be winners if it's DraftKings. I'll also have a winner, somebody that takes advantage of one of the other sponsors if you do. Just remember, to anytime you take advantage of a sponsor, send it to me, ross at rosstucker.com, and ask a question. Probably going to get to a question or two tomorrow because we got a little bit of a different schedule this week, keeping you guys on your toes a little bit. Today's patron shout-out, Ryan Weidenbach. It's unbelievable how many patrons we've gotten in the last week or so now that we're putting our even money bets up on our private Tuckhead Slack channel. Unbelievable. I mean, we're getting like five a day. I hope that you guys actually engage with the other Tuckheads on the private Slack channel that we have and not just look at our even money bets. But, hey, I'm glad. If, that, if, if the opportunity to be able to see all of our even money bets brings you over, and you get involved in some of the daddy soda conversations or food or show conversations or life or football, whatever it is, I'm happy. Whatever it takes to get you guys there and to realize our tuck heads are absolutely awesome. Kind of like Andrew Brandt awesome. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. You know, it's funny, Andrew. I was just thinking this. At Andrew Brandt on Twitter former VP of player finance for the Green Bay Packers. He also 
is part of Vayner Sports now and heads up the Sports Law Institute over at Villanova and writes for MMQB. You know, Andrew, I've only been around you, I think, three to five times probably in person. But yet we've talked so many times over the years. I mean, every week, like we have like a weekly yeah. phone date that I feel like, you know, I feel like we're like good friends now. And mm -hmm. I, I look forward to talking with you. I look forward to your tweets. But it's kind of a cool relationship. It's kind of a cool friendship considering we haven't really been in each other's company in person that many times. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel a little bit of comfort that on this, what's the word, stressful day uh, where we don't know what's happening with this world right now, but... I got you. <laughs> you know, we have each other on this Wednesday morning. And I tweeted out this morning, one thing you've learned about me is in my later years, I really try to be as zen as possible. Uh, I've been up for a while after falling asleep last night. And I literally, Ross, from 6.30 to 8.15, did not open the internet. I, I, I wanted some centering time. <laughs> I do my journaling. I do my meditation, uh, get ready to work out, and uh, and only to find out, of course, there's no there's no definitive news about our election, about what's going on in politics right now, which is fine. But I just felt, you know, some waves last night, like I felt in 2016, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to chill. Uh, so it's nice to be with you. I didn't want to come on with you and not know what was going on. <laughs> but I do know a little bit now. So uh, we're going to keep it to football like we normally do. However, yeah. you also have the Business of Sports podcast, and you do with that what you choose. It's part of the Ross Tucker uh, Media Network platform. I encourage people to, A, subscribe to it, the Business of Sports podcast. B, make sure you're following Andrew at Andrew Brandt. But I haven't had a chance to listen to it, Andrew. It got posted last night. But I did read what we posted on social at Ross Tucker Pod that you got into the election a little bit. I, I, is it from a, biz, a sports business angle or something else? Can you just give me a little bit of a of a tease uh, on what you did from an election impact on the business of sports podcast? Yeah, more more personal than business, but I, I mean the, the bulk of the podcast is about. I'm sure we're going to talk about here the the lack of activity on the trading deadline, even Packers specific for all my Packers fans and the Belichick comments about the cap. But I did get into it. What I sort of what I wish for from all my audience is what I just talked about with me, sort of a peace, a calm, a um, even a Zen about what's going on. And my fear about the election not taking a side is that we're, we get triggered, that we get in an emotional state that's not healthy, that we somehow have a president that's not calming. Um, and all I want is kind of a, I want politics to sort of go back to being the wonky thing for politics, politics nerds rather than this massive um, triggering effect that everyone has. So uh, just say that. And listen, born and bred, you know a little bit about me, born and bred in Washington, D.C., a stone's throw from government, and no family members, immediate or distant, working for government. So I'm as apolitical as you could be because I grew up around it, but ignoring it. So 
So that's where I am. But I encourage everyone to listen. I go into some deep thoughts there. You know, it's funny, Andrew. I never talk politics. The only two things I would say, you and I are similar in a lot of ways. I, I just want as little divisiveness as possible. I, I want as much unity as possible for our country, no matter what that means. And, you know, it's interesting. I have really, I have, I have a lot of really good friends that feel really strongly they're diehard Republicans or they're diehard Democrats. And the thing I try to tell both of them is like, I know a lot of people that feel the opposite and they're really smart. They really are good people. They're really hardworking. For some reason, it's like we've lost sight of that, right? That you can disagree without being disagreeable and that it doesn't need to be Hatfields and McCoys. That I, I just, I wish there was more uh, respect and tolerance for other people's perspectives and views. And that's about all I have to say about it. I, I and, and I even have friends and maybe family members that uh, think that I'm, that they, they don't appreciate my perspective on that they they want me to be on their team <laughs> yeah i know they don't it, understand why i'm not on their team andrew well that's the issue the the tribal nature of all this and i i don't understand it and how we got here maybe social media is part of it but it's you're right the teams the the tribes the factions i i hope we can get over that you know whether whatever happens today or tomorrow and you and i are in maybe the most important state to decide all of this. We're both sitting in Pennsylvania, uh, which of course is is a big state that's probably gonna take a while. And my voting experience was very, I'm out in the Philadelphia suburbs. It took 10 minutes uh, here about people waiting in lines forever. So I feel very fortunate that I got in and out and did it. And um, let's see, <laughs> let's see what happens. Let's, we have a universal hope for uh, for peace. There was a lot of peace at the trade deadline, Andrew. And I think people were surprised about it because, you know, there had been some deals leading up to it with Everson Griffin and Desmond King and Marcus Golden and Quan Alexander. And then yesterday, there was basically nothing. I mean, the Dolphins traded like a fifth wide receiver to the Patriots. The Dolphins got a fifth running back. What, what gives, Andrew? You know, we had some activity a year ago. I'm not sure exactly why with some of the big trades. Jalen Ramsey, the biggest, but he was kind of a problem for the Jaguars. Um, I think this trade deadline is like all trade deadlines with those outliers that we talked about like last year. A lot of smoke, very little fire, uh, a lot of talk. The trades that are made, as you indicated, are the ones that are fifth, sixth, or seventh round picks. Some of that conditional. For guys that have fallen out of favor, the guys were... As I said, teams can look at each other, front offices, and say, at least we got something. And that's what happens at the trade deadline. You look at players that have been passed by that aren't playing, and you say, can we get anything for them? And that's what goes on. I'll get to the, sort of the big trade possibility of the team you see in the back there, the Packers, in a minute. But trade deadline, I go to it every year, Ross. It's like free agency. It's You know more better than I do. Football's not seamless. It's scheme oriented. You got to get players that fit the scheme and inserting them midstream in the middle of the season exacerbates that problem. 
And then, of course, the COVID impact. You take on a contract for next year, knowing the cap's going to come down and not how much you worry. And the inverse of that is that draft picks have more value because they're going to be cheap and you can have them next year. So why get rid of draft picks right now, even low ones? So that really conspired, I think, to make it a dull trading deadline as usual. There's a couple of different things there. One is I feel like with the projected salary cap decrease next year with the lack of revenue, Andrew, I got to think that that was a factor. I, I think it's one of the reasons why the Jets traded Avery Williamson yeah. to the Steelers and why they traded Steve McClendon. They're trying to get some more space. I think that was one of the reasons why teams couldn't make moves or were less likely this year than maybe last year is just, that the cap's not going to go up and we don't know how far it's going to go down. Yeah, I think, you know, we haven't talked about this. I'm going to be ad infinitum with you on this probably in January, February, March, because it's going to be the issue in the business of sports, not only the NFL. Uh, so we'll talk a lot about it in the future. But the COVID impact on revenues in sports is going to be a massive subject we'll get to as, as time goes on. Uh, in particular, the Green Bay Packers. You know, this is this is tough, Andrew, because the team you worked for for a long time, that was the number one discussed trade yeah. on trade deadline day. Will Fuller to the Packers. And what I think is interesting, I don't know if you were ever in this situation, but it feels like it created a lot of internal pressure for the Packers. And because of what they did with the draft, with – Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon, you combine that with, you know, they just lost to the Vikings. It was kind of the perfect storm for Packers fans to really want them to do something to make a move in what seems like a winnable NFC. Believe me, I know that, Ross. <laughs> if you look at my Twitter feed, it's almost like I work for the Packers still, the way people are coming at it. And I get it. I get it. You know, it's Devontae Adams and a bunch of guys that people don't trust, I guess, and they see what's going on with Antonio Brown going to Tampa, and, and I get it. But I almost want to say to Packer fans, because after 20 years of this, 10 in the, in the office and 10 analyzing it, what part of Packers do not understand? <laughs> you know, this is not their way. Now, rumors come out, they offered a fourth, Texans wanted a second. I think it's much more complicated than that. So I get to the business. Will Fuller is a free agent. So he's got eight games left on a contract. Would I give a second round pick for that? No way. Would I give a second round pick if he has years left on his contract? Sure. Then you start talking. But I wonder, Ross, if there was a companion negotiation about his contract and then think of how problematic that is. Top receivers in free agency get 16, 17, 18, 20 million a year. And guess who makes about 15 a year? Devontae Adams. <laughs> so think about that negotiation. And even if they weren't into that, what do they do with Fuller next year if they want to keep him? And if they give up a decent draft pick, they have to want to keep him. So I can see why that didn't happen. Now, Packer fans can say, well, Randall Cobb's there, Brandon Cooks is there, Kenny Stills is there. Yeah, sure, go for them. But to get Fuller on a contract is much harder than figuring out the trade. So I see why it happened. 
I get it with Packer fans and they're frustrated about the draft and, and taking a backup running back and a backup quarterback, but that's separate. That's a separate discussion. The discussion about getting fuller, it's not fantasy football. That trade was fraught with issues. What do you make of the reports that there was quote unquote disagreement at the highest levels of the organization? Yeah, I mean, I think the easy thing to look at and say is LaFleur really wanted him, had history with him, and Gutekunst, the GM, wasn't that sold and wasn't offering what LaFleur thought we should they should offer. Then there's talk about the business side, and that would mean contracts. That would mean they weren't in a contract mode getting that done, whereas the trade part was getting done. Listen, I get asked this all the time. The lack of owner in, in Green Bay can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. An owner can sort of step in and overrule everyone and make something happen or people who like that. Or an owner can step in and do something that's not in the best interest of the franchise. And maybe that is making that happen. So we did face that all the time. But listen, the Packers are different. And I get back to philosophy for 20 years, draft and develop very, very limited acquisition of veterans. And they're on brand couple of things I want to get your thoughts on, Andrew, one of which is still Green Bay related, although there's other teams as well. Jamal Williams will not play tomorrow night because he is considered a high-risk contact of A.J. Dillon, who's tested positive for COVID, is on the COVID-19 list. The Ravens have like seven guys they put on the yeah. contact list, but I guess you can be cleared in five days, so – the Ravens players like Patrick Queen and Judon, they probably are going to be able to play on Sunday as long as they keep testing negative out. Jamal Williams will not. My thing is, Andrew, I thought these guys all had these wristbands on, these bracelets on. Yeah. And I thought that if you're within six feet of somebody, it beeps. And that you're only a high-risk contact if you're within six feet – for 15 minutes in a row. And so I guess I thought that the teams were doing a better job of making sure there were no high-risk contacts in the yeah. meeting rooms being split apart. When you're on the field, you're never going to be within six feet of somebody for 15 minutes. So I guess I am surprised. Forget the health part of it for a second, which I know is always the priority. I'm surprised for competitive reasons that these teams aren't doing a better job of making sure there are no high risk contacts could affect the Packers. I mean, not having Jamal Williams, that could be the reason why they lose the game tomorrow night. And the Ravens guys, if it was two days later, none of those guys would be able to play. Uh, that's the part I'm not getting is that if I'm running a team, I'm like, guys, I don't know what the beeper thing is or whatever, but we cannot have any of you be high-risk contacts with any of the others of you. Makes it, Yeah, your questions are good ones, Ross, and I don't know the answers. When I saw the Las Vegas Raiders offensive line out on a Wednesday with COVID, whatever, last week, two weeks ago, I'm like, they're not playing. But they all played. And as you suggested, the Ravens may be the same thing. I don't – I mean, quarantine is 14 days and 10 days if you have it – I'm not sure, but I think we're at a point where every Tuesday morning, and I think you're like me, every Tuesday morning, you sort of, whew, we got through it, right? 
So are people saying the NFL is doing it and they're going to get through it? I can't, you can't say they're going to get through it. It's week to week and kudos, the NFL got through it. But I wonder, you know, listen, it's, it's health and safety first. I trust the NFL on that and everything I hear from Dr. Sills, but I have these questions like you do. And, you know, AJ Dillon, only Jamal Williams, <laughs> you know, that's what I wonder. Like, and, and Kamal Martin, I mean, and then the, the, the Ravens D line, but what about their O line? Uh, you know, these are all the questions you ask and you just hope, you know, as we sit here today, you hope there's not decisions being made on expediency to get the game in over health, because I look at the Packers news and I'm like, they got to push the game back. You know, they're not playing Thursday, but as, as we sit here on Wednesday, they're playing Thursday. But to me, it's like, are they really going to play Thursday? So we'll see. Last one, Andrew. Um, there's a report out that they might expand the playoffs to 16 teams Yeah, if they can't get all the regular season games in. Your thoughts on that one? That kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, and I haven't dived into that. That's something we need to look at because I wonder if that's exactly what we're talking about, where we get to a point where you can't get to Tuesday morning and you've got this team with 14 games, this team with 15 games, and you say, okay, who's in? Uh, you know, the NBA had a bubble where they told eight teams, I believe, including Golden State Warriors and others, say, you know, don't show. <laughs> You're done. You're out. Go home. Stay home. Uh, could that happen here? Yeah. I mean, I think they're looking at other leagues and other sports. The MLS told two teams not to come to the bubble. So, you know, again, I wonder, Ross, if you have a week 15 game between the Jets and the Jaguars, I mean, and you've got, do you play it? <laughs> you've got positives. I mean, these are all the questions that are going to come. And now that we're getting the bye weeks out of the way, you know, we'll see what happens. You got to check him out on the Business of Sports podcast. I'm looking forward to listening to what you had to say this week for sure. He's at Andrew Brandt on Twitter. He is the best. Thank you, Andrew. And Ross, quickly, we haven't talked since I did a podcast with Thomas Dimitrov. I encourage everyone to listen to that. Very candid about leaving the Falcons after 13 years. A GM that's got a lot more going on in his life than football. It's an it's interesting listen with Thomas Dimitrov. Yeah, he was in New England when I was there. That, yeah. I, I encourage people to listen to that one as well. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Ross. Hey, football fans. Are you an Amazon Prime member? Did you know you can watch Thursday Night Football live on Prime Video? It's the future of football. Catch all the action on any device almost anywhere in the world. You could choose your favorite announcer, including Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, or Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, or Chris Long and Kerry Champion from NFL Next. Get next-gen stats and watch in-game replays on demand all within Prime Video's X-Ray. Next-gen stats are real-time stats powered by AWS. No more waiting around. You can access the current stats anytime. Need to check how your fantasy player is doing? This is the ideal way to stay up to speed. In-game on-demand replays are accessible on your remote on Fire TV or by turning your mobile device sideways. So if you're a streamer or simply want the most custom way of watching Thursday Night Football, tune in live every Thursday starting October 8th. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. and kickoff is at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on Prime Video. 
Also available on Fox and NFL Network. NFL Network simulcast subject to change. Thursday Night Football is presented by Bud Light Platinum. Tux Takes. Good morning, Ross. Trade deadline, actually pretty boring, like you and Andrew discussed. Your thoughts on the Dolphins trading Isaiah Ford to the Patriots and, uh, I'm sorry, trading and then trading for a running back, DeAndre Washington. Right, from the Chiefs. I mean, Andrew and I, I'll be brief on this. These are bottom of the roster guys. I mean, these are like, you know, your last receiver, your last running back. And I guess the Dolphins with the Miles Gaskin being out for a few weeks with an injury felt like they, they'd rather have a fifth running back than a sixth receiver, whatever Ford was. And Patriots needed anything, anybody at receiver right now with the Edelman injury. Tux takes. Uh, meanwhile, you also mentioned a lot of COVID issues across the NFL right now, including Dallas, where quarterback Andy Dalton went right from the concussion protocol to the COVID-19 list. And it appears the Cowboys are going to have yet another new starter at quarterback. Right. Brutal for Dalton, by the way. I mean, to go right from concussion, now he's on the COVID list. You know, I don't know what happened there, who was taking care of I me. Mean, you know, people don't know how they get COVID these days, but uh, that's obviously not good. I think he would be back as a starting quarterback this week off of concussion protocol, but now evidently he won't be. And the Cowboys are having Cooper Rush, who they just signed to the practice squad, but he had been with the team for a couple of years. And Garrett Gilbert, who they just got from the Browns practice squad, those guys are both competing for the starting job this week. Really an indictment of Ben DiNucci. And I like DiNucci, you know, going back to high school and what he did at JMU. But DiNucci's been there, you know, throughout training camp, throughout the season, every day, the meetings, whatever. One game and they're already, they'd already rather start a guy that, wasn't on a roster this whole year and another guy that was they that they just signed last week another guy that they just got off the Browns practice squad two weeks ago so kind of an indictment of the Danucci if we're being honest takes. in Green Bay running back Jamal Williams is a close contact of COVID positive running back AJ Dillon so he is out for Thursday night's game We'll preview tomorrow night's game more on tomorrow's show. We're going to be a little bit different tomorrow. We're going to save Greg for Friday this week because of uh, travel purposes. So we will do a picks Thursday, picking all the games, and then Greg will do the great Greg Cosell breakdown on Friday, a little programming note there, keeping you guys on your toes. Uh, but Andrew and I kind of already addressed this. I, I think teams need to be more proactive in terms of these high-risk contacts. Ducks takes. Lions linebacker Gerard Davis, Bears lineman Jason Sprigg, and Jermaine Effetti. Broncos execs John Elway and Joe Ellis all tested positive for COVID-19 as well. You know, just as an aside, Brian, it's kind of scary uh, from a personal standpoint. I'm once again in a hotel room I am in uh, Oxford, Ohio. I'm doing Ball State at Miami, Ohio tonight. Little Maction, CBS Sports Network, 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you guys get a chance to check it out. Then tomorrow I'll be flying to Las Vegas to do UNLV Fresno State on Saturday. But you see how many people are testing positive just in the NFL where they're highly monitored. 
They've got a lot of rules and protocols. I mean, it must be unbelievably contagious, clearly. And so it makes me nervous for the things I do. Because I'd like to think that most of these people are doing the right things, right? They're, they're not, you know, indoors with others. They're wearing masks. They're, they're doing the right things. I, I don't know that, right? We, none of us know that. But I'd like to think that most of these people are doing the right things, the, the things that are recommended and still getting it, which is concerning for me with all of the travel that I do. Tucks takes. Baltimore Ravens have seven guys that are close contacts of COVID-19 positive, including linebacker Matthew Judon and Patrick Queen. Right. And this is another one where, I mean, they play a tough Colts team on Sunday. You know, if Marlon Humphrey tested positive today or tomorrow, and these guys were all close contacts, then none of them would be able to play Sunday. I don't know if they would push the game back to Monday or Tuesday to try to let all these close contacts be able to play or whether they'd say too bad, Baltimore. I guess I'm kind of of the mindset now that if it's not guys actually testing positive and if it's just close contacts like these guys, I'd probably say too bad, Baltimore. If I wouldn't push it back, I'd say that's your fault for having that many close contacts. Don't have those high-risk contacts based on what I have been told, how it's defined right now. That's the part I don't really understand. And finally, the Tennessee Titans uh, released veteran cornerback Jonathan Joseph, as well as free agent disappointment Vic Beasley. So this is interesting to me, Bri. Vic Beasley, something went really, really bad there. Really, really badly. He had a one-year $9.5 million deal. It was a $6 million signing bonus, $3.5 million salary. I don't know what happened. Remember, he like didn't report on time. I mean, some bizarre circumstances there. But he got a $6 million signing bonus and via termination pay is – Entitled to the remainder of his $3.5 million salary, which is like $1.8 million. Uh, And he had two tackles in five games. So he will get $9 million to play in five games and have two tackles. It's kind of unbelievable. And if some other team signs him, he'll be able to double dip. He'll be able to get the money from them as well. Something bizarre is going on there. I I don't know what it is, but that's a major failure by the Titans. And that was their big position of need. They knew it. They tried to sign somebody in free agency. It didn't work. That was such a disaster that they got clowny. And he hasn't really been very productive for them either. I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Uh, Some shout outs today, Bri, like we always do. Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X. If you didn't get a chance yet, certainly check out the Even Money podcast. I put a lot of units down this week. Steve and I had a couple best bets again, but I, I was feeling good this week on a bunch of teams. We also now are placing bets against the spread on the College Draft podcast. In addition to going over the prospects, myself and Emery Hunt. So 
You want to get some action on a couple college games, listen to that one as well. We will, of course, record the Fantasy Feast podcast later today. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.